Thanks for listening to the River in the Hills weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Nate Cashdan. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. everybody this morning how y'all doing ashton handed me a hundred bucks he said put it on put it all on red so i have to do it now now see y'all um we've been uh i'm sorry i missed last week uh but man i I watched it and uh you wouldn't have known that glenn spent two and a half hours on his message so um i really appreciate stepped up i was to miss 6 a.m he said i got it all right so uh what a blessing to be a part of him where step up somebody used to always tell me um, they always have to be ready to each prayer die. I change that. I know it's true, but I say we always got to be ready to each prayer. Re- so it's the same level of awareness. So, <laughs> all right. Um, we've been in a, a little series. This is probably the, the last uh, portion of that series called uh, Family Revival. Hopefully you've been here or listened to the, the first two. If you haven't, they're online and everywhere um, on our uh, podcast and everything like that. Our podcast is really cool. If you haven't subscribed to that, I said, very well done. Great job with that. The first two messages, um, you know, basically when the Lord spoke to me about this word, this today's word is what he spoke to me about. And I was like, sweet. And I started hammering it out. And I was like, well, we can't really get there without going here first. So we end up with part two. So we start with three, we end up with part two. And I'm doing part two. And I was like, well, we can't really get here without starting. And then we end up with part one. So we work totally backwards. But um, it's, it's fine. That's the way he does it. I think with my mind, I need to see where we're going um, first. So he's gracious, kind of lets me into that, some, or lets me see that sometimes. Um, but if you miss those, please go listen to them because they'll help you um, understand where we're here. But talking about family revival and um, just a little bit of context, because I'm not going to review everything, but a little bit of context is, um, you know, when we talk about family, what are we talking about? You know, there's so, are we talking about revival of the family? Because that's going to happen also, right? As, as culture has suppressed not just the definition of family, but the importance, the effect, uh, and, uh, and, and, really, and really they're actually trying to affect uh, the, the, the function of family. And, uh, and, but we're actually talking about revival in families, because that's the rival of the family, which is also true, and we b- we're believing for, working for, praying for, but we're speaking specifically of revival in the family, and we started by talking about um, how, how can we have revival in a family until there's revival in a marriage, okay? That's where we started, and how can we have revival in a family until there's revival between relationships between parents, okay? That's where we went week number two, and then we talked also just briefly about the relation spiritual and spiritual parents or mentors. Um, today, we're going to be talking about uh, revival within our church family, okay? So you can look around left to right. This is, and, and yes, there's, a, there's the, you know, hey, isn't the church, the capital C, the Catholic church, the all church? I don't mean Roman Catholic. I mean the meaning word Catholic, sorry, the universal church. Isn't it all believers everywhere throughout all time? Yes, yes, that is the body of the greater body of Christ. But I'm actually talking about River. I'm just talking about this church. Right, this is the local church right here, um, made up of people, right? Okay, let's pray. That's where we're. Lord, I thank you, God, for this church family. Lord, I thank you that even some of the things that we talked about this morning, we've already seen happen here as we care for each other relation. God, that you, you died to set us in your household, and I thank you. And Father, I pray, Lord, that each one this morning, Father, you silence all distractions, Lord. And Father God, that really we would be able to step into a greater measure of revival within our church. God, as we relationship and grow in Jesus. Amen. 
We've really been talking about, let me just tell you real quick, when I, if you're new to this, when I say the word revival, I'm talking about that picture of that, that, one, uh, that spark that once was a fire, but now it's almost extinguished. And then when it's revived, it's brought back to a blazing inferno. That's the picture of revival. That's what it means. It means you can't revive something that was never alive. You understand? It's, it's so so it's something that once was and now has almost diminished and almost burned out, but will or is reviving or coming back, okay? So it's oftentimes referred to in the context of, of church revival, regional revival, uh, nations having revival, but uh, we're talking about family, okay? So most of what we've been talking about is how to grow, deepen, and kind of maybe heal um, relationships, okay? We've been talking about the relationship between husband and wife and parents and children, and, um, and it's a, you know, we've made applications beyond that, but today we're going to be talking basically about healthy relationships within the church family. It's important. Um, I, think it's, I think it's crucial to take advantage of the fact that Jesus died to set us into a spiritual family. There's so many people, there's people in this church that don't have any relatives. Some, I mean, some of you don't have any relatives that you really even talk to. Some of you definitely don't have any that live here. And so this is a great expression of your family. For those of us that do have family, for those of us that are relatives that are close by, it's still a good expression, still a good uh, relationship that he, um, healthy church family relationships I'm going to talk to you about so many different things that the Bible says about how to create those and how to keep those thriving, but they, um, they're really cool because in those relationships, we celebrate each other's gifts, each other's victories, breakthroughs. Uh, we get to celebrate with each other, and that, that, is, that is amazing, okay? It's really cool when something good happens to you, and when something good happens to you, I don't know about you, I like to tell somebody else about, hey, look at... I mean, whether it's like a, just a straight-up testimony or it's just like, hey, let me tell you something cool that happened, uh, we get to celebrate that with each other. Um, instead, and we, instead of operating out of a sort of a lack, jealous, or bitter spirit where we uh, are envious of things that happen to our brothers in Christ, right? We have this opportunity where we can be like, like here's, let me just tell you, I'm going to stop letting you try to draw the conclusion. Say, I've been praying for years. Lord, I just, I so want the... I so want the gift of prophecy. Lord, I so want the gift of prophecy. I'm eagerly desiring spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. I'm like, Lord, I want to prophesy. Teach me. I'm reading. I'm spending time with the Lord. I'm doing it. Years go by, and I still just haven't had much. I haven't seen a gifty in prophecy. And then I lead somebody to the Lord, and the first thing out of their mouth is prophecy. Okay? What's my reaction? Don't tell me the Christian answer, because, because I, I've been there, and it's hard. Where the, a lot of times, my first reaction to the Lord this person didn't even know who you were before they walked in. But the right answer, and where our hearts get as we are positioned in the family of God, is I celebrate and I go, yes, yes, thank you, Lord. And then I, I get excited. And the devil wants me to be bitter, offended, jealous, and all of those things, and actually to steal the joy that I can to watch my brand new brother in Christ excelling in something better than I do. As you said, but I expect all of you as I am perfect. All right, healthy church family relationships aren't just, they can exist, um, they set us up to experience revival in church. I'm going to go through this list. If I go through, I don't think I'm going to go through it that quick. A lot of it's going to be on the screen, I think, but um, I encourage you to just to lock in and not get, and I want you to lock in enough to be able to hear the next one, you know what I mean? And not be like, ah, oh, and then just get lost for three of them and then two back in. You can take some notes on a little piece of paper if you want. And these are all be online. The slides will be online. You can access it. Okay. Healthy church relationships or healthy church family relationships exist when there is no gossip. They, they exist 
And I'm going to tell you, they don't exist when there's a lot of gossip. Healthy church families can't exist when there's a lot of gossip. It just can't happen. We, Glenn, get, Glenn coined this term for me. I don't know if he coined the term, but he coined the term for me is that front door. If there's an issue, you're going to the front door to that person. We're not going to lunch to talk about it with them. Okay, we're, we're front door all the time. And that's, that's health. That's health in a, in a marriage. <laughs> that's health with your kids, and that's health. I mean, it's health in the workplace. It's definitely health in the church. It can be a dangerous breeding ground for gossip, but it won't. Revival, or revival is um, prepared for. All right. Healthy church family relationships exist when we all understand, experience, fully believe that it's more blessed to give than Acts 25. It's such a component to healthy relations. I mean, think about it. Think about it in your marriage. We didn't really talk about this part in, in part one. But think about it in your marriage. If you were just being everything, never give, it wouldn't work. I mean, that, we've done a lot of counseling where that's the, like, oh, you're not giving me. Well, you're not giving. More blessed to have that revelation that, that will help breed healthy relations. You worried so much about what I'm not getting in some sort. I've had people come to me through the years. Not, I'm not specific to in the hill. I'm just saying people come to me and say, "Well, I'm just, I'm just not getting, I'm just not getting anything out of." Something. And I'm like, "Okay, what are you giving? What do you mean? Well, what are you giving? I don't know. Did you give that day thing out of there. I mean, I came. I wasn't like in a commentary. Or that's straight from heaven. That's the Holy Spirit's word right there. It's not that smart. All right. Healthy church family relationships exist when we are selfless lovers of God and of our brothers and sisters in Christ, okay? So get things first, get first things in first place. We love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor. When we have that selfless love where we're preferring, right? In marriage, we prefer, husbands, you prefer your spouse. You prefer your wife, right? That's dying to yourself daily. You're preferring her. When we prefer the Lord and we prefer each other over ourselves, that's selfless. Healthy church family relationships exist when we step into living out Jesus' prayer for us from John 17, right? In John 17, he prayed that we would live in unity, that we would be one as he and the Father are one, okay? So we can sit around uh, in disunity and be like, well, Lord, you're just going to have to answer your own prayer. You're just going to have to bring unity. And he's like, no, I, I prayed that actually steps to I prayed it so that you'd have the courage I prayed for that you'd have that you'd actually stop doing the thing that pull you out of you and people that I want to place you in. Okay, so when we start taking steps to live in unity each other, um, Psalm 133 says, "How pleasant it is when brothers dwell together." It didn't say how pleasant it is when brothers dwell together because if you ever lived with your brother, sometimes it's just not that pleasant. But he says how pleasant it is when they dwell in. There's always there's always the. So when we are taking the choices or making the choices, and oftentimes they're courageous. Meaning, not eat. We're ma- making those choices to choose to live in, in unity with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, members of the same household of faith. We're setting ourselves up for family. Healthy church relationships exist when we are quick to forgive each other. Everybody say quick. I tell my kids all the time, all the time. I just had a conversation with my son last night. For I told him that's because it's not enough to obey me. Obey me first time, every time. And if we don't. If we're not violent like that, not that that's violent, but if we're not, if we're not hyper-focused like that when it comes to forgiveness, and we let bitterness, offense, and unforgiveness linger, we give the devil a f- That's what the- Colossians 3.13 says in Paul's writing to the church and how they relate to each other, bear with one another and forgive one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, that's where I, when I'm having a hard time forgiving somebody, just because they just made me mad, I mean, I'm having a hard time. I have to think about how Christ forgave me because I know I'm a piece of poop. And, and I know, I mean, not, I'm not, you know what I mean, in, in, the, in my behaviors and stuff. I know my past. I know what I've done. 
You don't. He does. And he's forgiven me. He, he knows more about me than I know about myself. And he's forgiven me. And he forgave me before I could ever confess, before I could ever repent, before I could ever... Ch- I have to remember that. And this doesn't mean... Listen, being quick to forgive and me talking about we have to forgive, 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 it doesn't mean that we just let our brothers and sisters walk in sin around us. Do you hear me? It doesn't mean that when we see a brother and sister living in sin that we don't call them out. Matthew 18, you go to them, front door, brother, what's up? We got to stop this. It's not good. I've done this many, many, many times, and it's not fun, but it's necessary, and it always, always in restoration. I mean nine out of ten. Nine out of ten by the first time. If it's not the first time, it'll be the second time when you grab another brother and go to then repent the first time. And oftentimes when they see like, oh, then they repent. And if they don't, you stand before the Lord and you did the right thing and the door is always open for repentance and reconciliation. But don't let their offense, don't leave them on your hook. Put them on God's. He said, don't let their offense steal your relationship, your, your, your thriving relationship with the Spirit because you gave the devil a foothold and now the Spirit is okay? Be quick to... All right, everybody hanging? Everybody okay? All right. Healthy church family relationships exist when we step into our identity as the family of God or household of God. So we have to know who we are, like who he's called us to be, where he's placed us. Oh, there's a couple of verses here. I love it. Just so plain. Matthew chapter 12, verses 49 and 50 says here, when Jesus, you know, he's being questioned, this turns to his disciples and the people that are following him. And he goes, here's my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Did you hear that? Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven. Jesus looks at everyone in here who's doing the will of his Father and says, you are my brother and my mother. You're in my family. Ephesians 2, 19 through 20 says, this is Paul writing to the church, says, you're no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ himself died, thus died to set us in his own household. And we get all the benefits of being his brother. Healthy church family relationships exist when we look out for the others. Philippians 4 says that, look out not only for but also for others. As a matter of fact, Galatians 6.10, I uh, love this verse. It actually tells us, don't misunderstand here, but definitely don't underlo- overlook. Galatians 6.10 actually tells us that we are to show preference to the household of faith above those who are not a part of the household of faith. Did you hear that? Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially, everybody say especially, especially those who belong to the family of believers, or your Bible might say the household of faith. That was revelation to me. Actually, Glenn taught me that when I first came to River in the Hills. Sorry. Um, but he, 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 was say, he wasn't teaching me. He was just saying it in casual conversation. You know, Galatians 10, and I was like, oh, say that. Like, it's so easy Think about it like this. Even in your marriage, husbands and wives, husbands, how many of you have been guilty like me of on Saturday, you know, your wife wanted to spend time with you because you've been at work all week and you had this list of things that you were going to do with the kids, but somebody needed help moving and you really wanted to help them because you're just a servant and you said yes. And it was a good thing, right? It's good to help somebody move, but you actually preferred them over your family. How many of you have done that? Just raise your hand. I've done it. Yep. It happens. You weren't out at a strip club. You were helping somebody move. It's good. Like helping somebody that's not in our church is good. 
Like serving somebody that has a need that's not a believer is good, and we should do that. Those are good things. But if you're doing it at the expense of the household of faith, you have not preferred. That makes sense? Healthy church family relationships exist when we're living out Acts 2, 42, 37. Love this passage. Uh, it says they devoted them, this is the early church, right? Right after Pentecost, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. So the early church devoted themselves to those four things. They did other things, but they devoted themselves to those four things. Everyone was filled with, with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles, and all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. And every day they came together in the temple. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were saved. It actually says that no one, Acts, Acts 4.34 actually says, too, that actually no one had a need. This is talking about the church. Okay? This is not socialism. This is talking about the church. You know, I mean, seriously, though, I've heard this verse. People arguing, well, hey, but Acts 2 says that we're supposed to just give that. No, it doesn't. Shut up. It says, that you're, it, says, it says within the church. It's talking about in the church. Everybody say church. Thank you. In the church. It actually says no one had a need to go unmet because if a need came up, the church came, the, the household came around it, and they went, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? We need to sell. That's a big need. I'm going to sell this. Ananias and Sapphira did this. This is, this is that's like one of the next stories. Ananias and Sapphira, did, no one asked them to sell their property. They didn't have to. No one asked. They, were, they wanted to do it. Now, they ended up wanting recognition for something that didn't happen, lied to the Holy Spirit and died. But, but you understand that, that they were doing it because other people, I mean, they sold their place because that, they were like, oh, there's a need. That's fine. We're a family. This stuff is not my own. It belongs to all of us. That's the, the attitude the church had. That right there sets up healthy relations. That right there sets up the recipe for revival. Theologically, but you know what I mean. Okay. Healthy church family relationships exist when we don't give up meeting together. It's kind of an obvious. Um, like, how do you have a relationship with someone you don't ever see? I, believe it or not, you know, this is not clear revelation to all believe. Um, Hebrews 10 24 through 25 is the verse that says, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as he's the day drawing near, the day of the Lord, the return of the Lord. So this, this verse we often say, we just grab and quote, and it's good. I do it too. We say Hebrews 10 says, don't give up meeting together. And it's true. But he actually gives, the writer actually gives a reason why, or at least a couple reasons why we shouldn't give up meeting together. How are you going to stir one another up to love and good deeds if you're not around one another? I'll tell you what, if I don't see you, you don't stir me. And if you don't see me, I don't stir you. If I can't hear you, you don't stir me. And there's only so much. There's no, listen to me, there's no such thing as online fellowship. And I, everybody that's listening online, love you, bless you. No, listen. Listen, I'm just going to tell you straight up, you're not, you're not actually not fellowshipping with us. You can fellowship with the Lord. You can commune with the Holy Spirit, but you can't actually fellowship without being in the presence of other people. Now, you can, now you can get teaching online. You can worship, okay? You can't worship corporately by yourself. That's an oxymoron. But, but you, you understand, do you understand what I'm saying? That it's not bad to tune in online when you don't feel, I watched online last week, okay? I watched online last week because you didn't want me here. Trust me. And... But I was not, I, I missed out on fellowship. I missed out on fellowship. I got the teaching. I was encouraged that you guys were here fellowshipping. It was good. It was like, this is good for what it's for. 
But online fellowship is a term that is being pushed by the devil for people to accept as it being okay. Okay? It is not okay. Online fellowship breeds isolation. Who loves isolation? The enemy. Everybody? Okay. All right. Not even in the notes, but man. I swear when I hit these points in scripture where I'm just like, Lord, I think I feel your heart on this. And, I'm, and he's like, be my mouthpiece. And I'm like, well, I've never had a problem with that, being a mouthpiece. <laughs> I explained to Zeb this week, Zeb's homeschooled, so he doesn't know what a report card is, right? But you all went to public school, right? So I mean, like, you know what a report card is. Mine always, and I, I mean, my mom's probably watching this morning. She'd be like, yeah, I remember. It always, always said, talks too much, distracts others. <laughs> Always. Every time they're like, he's such a, his grades are, but he always distracts others. And, it was, and my mom would sit there like, do you have any suggestions? <laughs> my dad's like, put him in his place. I don't know. Punish him, you know? So anyways, I saw it as a gift. No, I feel sorry for my teacher. All right, stories here. I want to tell you guys some stories of how this, I mean, I mean, church family, church family has shaped me, okay? I've been in church my whole life. And if it weren't for a church family, I mean, it definitely wouldn't be here. I mean, if it weren't for a church family in any year of my life, things would be drastic in my life. I know many of you can say the same thing. Some of you are. But I just want to share a few stories with you just to reinvigorate and encourage you so that you have a new uh, passion for the body of Christ, okay? And hopefully that's my, that's my goal. I'm not going to have time to tell all these, but I'm just going to tell a few. I'm just, I'm just try to do them fast. If I do them fast, then I'll leave myself room to cry. So that's if I talk fast, that's what I... Um, so when I, you know, many of you know my story, but when I was sick in the hospital um, in 2013, the second time, um, you know, I was married then, and, uh, and Zeb was born, and part of a great church in California, loved it, had a lot of great friends, and anyway, so I was sick, I was on the couch, couldn't do anything, couldn't even go to the bathroom without a wheelchair, you know, Kaylee's doing everything for me, and uh, so I'm not working, and so I have no income. Right, disability gave me three hundred. I was off work for six months. They gave me three hundred and fifty dollars. Yay, California! Um, but uh, people would show up at our house. This happened multiple times from our church, and they would. And now I was stubborn. Right, this is before I wrote the Religious Spirit book. Was, I was, and they were. They basically would show up to help, but I had never had to receive help like that before. I would never have. Was I would give help. I was the helper. Right, Sherry Gordon. I was the helper. I never have to receive help. It was really hard when the Lord taught me how to receive help. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i telling you, it was physically hard for me. I get sick to my stomach thinking about having to be helped and realizing that, that the root of that is actually pride. The root of that is actually pride. It's a false humility to be like, no, 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 I got it. That's, that's pride. But people would come in, and they push past Kaylee, and they would take our bills off my desk. I don't know who, but they got paid. It happened multiple times. I was in the middle of remodeling my house when I got sick, and there was part of my house that wasn't sided. I had windows that weren't installed yet and stuff. Didn't talk fast. Sorry. Anyways, one of my really good friends from the church, the contractor, just showed up and did all the work. You got one of those what? Friends? <laughs> Thanks. Um, so people gave me practical help. Uh, I was sitting in the front row so sick, and a guy that's a chiropractor and a, uh, kind of a natural guy, he came to me and said, I want to help you. I thought he meant he wanted to adjust me. He did, Kaylee and I, for three times a week for nine months. But um, because I, my back was trashed, and, but he actually meant he wanted to me about my body and how to eat like that and how to heat. He also And uh, I had a guy one time, I was so sick. It was like my first day back in church. I just wanted to go back to church. And uh, I probably shouldn't have that early, but I was just sitting in the front, and I wanted to. He held my arms up. When we, where are they? 
when we couldn't get pregnant, Kaylee and I, it took us a long time to get pregnant. Um, we had some that we had, that were praying for us that with some people that we also had had trouble, but now had killed us, great for old them. And then um, they would do that. Who else to talk to about it? Because it's not, at the time, we were just like, who do we tell that we can't have a kid? Like, they're going to think we're dumb or whatever. And, uh, but they were like, no, we can't. And uh, it was amazing. When we had the first time we got pregnant, we celebrated, and we ended up losing that baby. And, you know, they, they held us up. But it was that, you know, Kaylee, obviously, was really having a hard time a day or two after. She was like at Quiznos, or, uh, probably getting broccoli. And uh, she ran into two ladies there at Quiznos, like from our church, great friends. Both of them had had multiple. Like it just so happened, um, yeah. And when we got pregnant with Zeb, our church family celebrated. With, um, we had to sell our car one time to pay bills after I was sick. And um, a friend of ours who had been coming to our home group, he was our neighbor. He's 18. Um, coming to our home group, he started introducing people like Heidi Baker, things like that. Um, he would come to our church. It was a nice, I mean, it's a nice, probably worth like seven grand to sell it and buy another one. He's like, no, God told me to give you my car. And I was like, you know, <laughs> and we had that car for a long time. We were able to, um, the Lord told us one time, because I'm telling you the giving part now, right? We were, we were the, on the receiving end of a lot of relations. But uh, one time the Lord, Kaylee and I had to give, I didn't want to say all because I couldn't remember all, but if it wasn't all, it was most of our savings um, to a young 17 going on a, a semi, it was like a six or nine months. And she had to raise a whole bunch of money, and uh, no, and uh, and like, whoa, we were able to give it to her. Um, went, and now she's married with her husband, where they go in and live with them and write a language like those types of tribes, and and they're young. I mean, um, here at River in the Hills, you know, I've watched so many just in the last six years. I've watched so many just be sent here for sins of heat, like the we call it the revolving door ministry, right? Where they where the somebody just shows up. Right, and we're like, whoa, you know, and and whether it's we're like, why, you know, why would you come here? This is so cool, or they really need something that we have, and they're here for a short reason, and then all of a sudden, but we see see the just the smile of the Lord going like, hey, I really trust you guys with, I really trust you guys with, like that. I tried to send them to other so many times. The story is, man, I've been to like four or five other, and y'all would pray for, y'all are the first people that would, you know, and we're like. We don't ever hear that as like, well, yeah, of course. It's just like, and then the Lord goes, well, I, I've watched that happen. So uh, we see saved, delivered, baptized in water and in the Spirit, in tongues first time, and people grow in relation. It's so amazing. I mean, practically, it's met. Taxes paid, houses paid for, medical bills paid, regulars paid, impossible situations brought to their need of Jesus over and over again. I've seen it. I've walked through it with you guys. So much. many of you have walked through personally. We've also seen uh, incredible heartache, ones that work out and the way that, we, and everybody keeps walking, keeps fighting, and that God is good. Uh, I've, Kaylee and I, when I say we now, we've been corrected by loving leaders who saved us from going down roads that, thank God, and he saved us from making mistakes that we need to make because someone else had already made them. And if we were humble enough to listen to their experience that they learned, we wouldn't have to make them. Uh, we've also been hurt many times and uh, by brothers, and we've had the opportunity that Christ forgave us. So hurt many, and we've had the chance to repent and ask for forgiven by some shaped and molded by our church. We're really here, I mean, where we're at because of relationships that, that it's not something that we just add to our life. Follow, I mean, following just following you just add to your life. Like, well, I have my life, and I, yeah, I also follow Jesus. Like, no, that becomes your You're setting to his family. And this right here, this right here, not just the Sunday morning meeting, but this body of people right here, the family. That, and I'm so, we never want to be without our, and I want to I see revival. And that's where we're going, okay? That, that's, that's where we're heading. You've seen glimpses, beginning of it already, and it's great. It's getting better and better and better. 
but I don't want to. I don't want to be found passive when I'm. So many things in our relationships have to. Many things have to do. But if we don't move from there to action, we missed a step. Also, if we just try to go straight to action without being at his feet, we also missed a step. It's both and. There's so many practical. Grow in relation with brothers and very practical. I'm not even. It's kind of. But sometimes we need. I do. But very, very practical. Some of these things had action in them, right? If you have a, if you're harboring, a, it wouldn't be wrong for you to get up right now. Just tell that person to go out in the lobby and take every little bone in your body that's like, that's embarrassing. Just crush that. It doesn't matter. What matters is the foot the devil has of harboring bitterness and unforgiveness against your brother. If you've got something against me, something that I've said, would you come and tell me? Thank you. Right on cue. It would not, but I'm telling you, don't, don't leave today without making it right. Just do it. It's okay. Don't you, might, you might not even know the person. Sometimes people, people have come up before and said, I offended them. Because a lot of times that you're, when you're preaching, like everybody knows who you are, but you don't know who everybody is. And people say, oh, you said something that offended me. And I, and I have to say, you know, like, I'm not necessarily going to walk back what I said because, you know, maybe they're the one that's actually out of line. But I never actually intended to offend them. So I definitely apologize that there was an offense because that's never my intent. Okay, I'm, I'm, we have to be, but man, just get involved in home group. That's the, one of the best ways to grow in fellowship. I think anybody that in here is as a part of a home group just tell you. When I look around at my home group, I see all kinds of people talking. Just, that's the best part. That's the main point of our home group, fellowship. People ask you, is it a Bible study? No. We open the word. Yeah. We stand on the foundations. Yeah. But the main is fellowship. We fellowship for over an hour. We started worship. And it, coming, coming early and staying late on Sunday mornings or any meetings, any time that we gather, like just hanging around and not zipping out. Right, if you have to, if you have to go, go. But I mean, like practically, you're like, well, oh, I just, don't, I don't know how to grow in relationship with my brothers and sisters to be around. Ask somebody to lunch. That you, well, I don't know them. That's why you ask them to lunch. You know they eat. Take them to lunch, right? We have, we try to have people over to our house. Just honestly, it's a little selfish. It's easier for you. And we come on over. We'll tell you about us. We'd love to hear about you. But when we, when we start taking steps and we start to lay down the things like gossip unforgiveness, the things that we don't need to be carrying. We start to take up the things that we do need to be carrying. We're going to see massive shifts. And we're going to see that little spark, right? The little flickering little spark. It's like, oh shoot, I hope a strong wind doesn't come. That's going to turn into a blazing inferno. And then you don't actually have to talk about the inferno and revived any. Nobody wonders if the inferno is going to get blown out. Nobody wonders like, oh shoot, what if water gets spilled on the inferno? It'll just, before it even touches the fire, it's too hot. That's revival, and that's where church on fire. Why don't you? I think practically, as just an action step in response and ministry time today, just what I saw was uh, was that we'll have the church body at work. Okay, so we're gonna do ministry time just a little bit different. Um, we do it a little bit like we do uh, in my home group, but the worship team's gonna gonna just play a song and uh, a worship song. And if you all have to leave, if you have plans and stuff, that's fine. Um, I'll just consider that you ignored the whole message and didn't. No, I'm kidding. Um, thanks, bud. Right on cue. Uh, but what here's what I want you to do. If you have a prayer need, okay, I want you to go grab two people at least and have them pray for you, okay? Just, just brother to brother, sister, you know, just turn around and be somebody you know or somebody you don't know. Hey, you can grab more people. Hey, I want y'all to lay hands on me, whether it's healing, jobs, relationships, money, doesn't matter what it is, but grab somebody next to you and have them partner with you like family, okay? Because that's, that's what you are, the family of God. Okay, those instructions clear? If you want prayer, grab somebody in the room to pray for you. And you guys just sit in the chair. Um, I think uh, myself and, and Glenn and Kyle will be up here if, if somebody needs something that's maybe a little more um, private or something like that. Um, but 
y'all can be let loose to do that. Holy Spirit, we just bless what you're doing and what you're saying. And Father, we say yes and amen to your heart uh, that you want to see released here in the building right now. As we continue to worship, you just minister to each other in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.